Welcome back to the Money Pig Podcast brought to you by Goodwin Investment Advisory, where our mission is to lead people to financial peace, independence, and generosity. I'm your host, Reed Trigo, and today on the show, we're joined by certified financial planner, Joe Beckford, for a discussion about GIA's own guide to issues to consider during a divorce. Welcome, Joe. Hey, thanks, Reed. Thanks for having me again. You bet. I brought you back for another one of these really exciting topics. You always bring me on for the sobering ones. <laughs> You're the heavy. heavy. Why does Ray get the fun ones? <laughs> Rainbows <laughs> and unicorns, let's talk with Ray. Something serious and heavy? Yeah, let's bring Joe in. Yeah, yeah. One and day I'm going to have something fun to talk about, right? Yeah, I hope so. Okay. Yeah, let's you are fun that. to talk to. <laughs> let's work general. on that. Okay, let's do it. And we do have a really fun one coming up with Ray here soon. It'll of course you do. come out in January. Yeah, That's fair. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, this is a, this is a dour topic, but our guide, we have a guide on our website to get on our, like our blog list. You can text blog to six, six, eight, six, six, that gets you into our list, but you can also go to our website and find this guide for issues to consider if you're going through a divorce, which is usually a painful process. Right. And nobody probably ever wants this or plans I guess when they get married, for this to happen. Yeah. I don't think anybody ever starts out like, yeah, five years into this or 10 years into this or 30 years into this, we're going to end a divorce. Right. No. Right. No. And so looking forward to that. Yeah. And I'm not always great at, at talking about hard subjects because I like to keep it light. Right. And I think everything ought to be a joke, but this isn't a joke. But if, if we do, if, you know, if I crack a joke here and there, just let, you know, know that I still think this is a serious topic. It is a serious topic, but I mean, you know, life happens and Mm -hmm. bad things happen during life. And I think we just need to realize that we should just always try to look for the positive. Yeah. And you've had some clients. Yeah. You've had some clients who have been in the situation, find themselves on the verge of divorce or whatever is happening. So what do you think happens there? And, and like what, what's happening in that whole process as that gets rolling? What I, what I've seen and, um, what I, what I saw even, you know, my parents divorced when I was a little kid too. So divorce is like, it's kind of like a death. It's not a death of a human, but it's a death of a thing. It's a death of a relationship. And you've put time and effort, money. A lot of times you've got kids, you've got your life, you know, it's your identity. And now all of a sudden that's ending. And so what I've seen is that it's, it's like a grief process, and some people become really overwhelmed with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you think about grief and if you've ever tried to deal with grief, there are really five stages of it. And they do, the, uh, you start with denial, anger, bargaining, depression, finally acceptance. And in clients that I work with, I see all those stages. And people come to me, you know, sometimes maybe maybe they've, maybe it's been a couple who's been a client for some time and then they decide to split or somebody's coming to me because they're in a, a referral from an attorney and somebody needs help, all stages of that, or they've just gone through that. So it depends on where you are in that. But Yeah. And so as you get through that process, like all those stages happen and all the misery that comes with it, I suppose. But at some point along the way, we got to sit down and do some math and figure out the finances of this, even though you're still in grief or whatever's happening and you got to figure out what the money is going to look like and how, how cash flow issues are going to be handled and things like that. So absolutely, that's, that's what this guide is really about. It's broken into like four or five, five or six 
different sections, cash flow issues, asset and debt issues, and insurance planning, tax planning, long-term planning, and some other things to think about. So we wanted to just go through today and talk about a couple items in each one of those. And, and again, people can get this off of our website, go and search our blogs. Right. Okay. Right. So let's start. Category one is um, cash flow issues. We've got a couple questions here that we can, we can sort of start to discuss. First one that I like to think of is what's going to happen to your cash flow needs after your divorce? So, you know, right now, maybe your, maybe your finances have been combined. Maybe they haven't been combined, but there are likely things that you have not thought about that one or both of you just do together. And now going forward, let's, especially if there are children involved and you're going to be the custodial parent, you're going to be on the hook for expenses. You know, who's going to pay for Johnny's lacrosse? Who's going to pay for Sally's cheerleading lessons? How is that going to go? What about all the gas going back and forth? Oh, before we split those trips, now I'm going to be taking all those trips with all the gas. And the time that, that people spend taxiing their children around to these things. For sure. Yeah. For you, sure. Oh, my goodness. And if both of you weren't working full time, and now that means one of that means you are going to go to work full time because finances are going to change. To your point, what's the time? Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be a part time worker and I used to take Johnny to soccer or Sally to soccer. Now I'm going to be at work during that time. Mm. How's that going to happen? Yeah. Those are, those are fun things to think about. Joe. Well, way to go. <laughs> you just have to get over that. Like, like I was yeah. saying, those, those grief stages, you've got to get over that because that can cloud your judgment and you got to really sit down and think hard about the math sorts of things yeah. and, and think clearly about that. So that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. And then usually in most marriages, one spouse is maybe more interested or more on top of keeping track of finances. And the other one is, can be instead of, you know, in, included or doesn't maybe love bl- it though. Maybe blissfully unaware. Yeah. <laughs> that because like I too. trusted that person, they like it, they get it. I'm smart enough to get it. I just hate it or right. I don't want to do it. So I don't have to do it. Right. So it might've been 20 years since you've budgeted or balanced a checkbook because you didn't have to worry about it. Now, all of a sudden you have to worry about it and it's important. You got to do your own household now. Right. Yeah. And now there's two households. Yeah. They're going to have to manage money. So, so I think the question there is, do you need assistance managing your day-to-day personal finances? And, and we've talked about this on the show before is that there are like financial coaches out there through the Ramsey organization. Yep. A lot of times. Yep. Um, we had Alicia Dix on here and talked about YNAB, not the wine app, but YNAB. YNAB, you, you need a budget. That's the one. We love that. Which word. everybody needs a budget. It is true. Some people think they make too much money and don't need a budget, <laughs> but they're wrong. <laughs> Telling your money where to go is a better deal than it just eroding, it evaporating. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, so just figuring out if you need that kind of assistance, I think, is a big thing to help with cash flow issues. For sure. For yeah. sure. Um, next category on here is asset and debt issues. We got a couple questions here too. So asset and debt issues. I like this one because um, a lot of times this is where I get involved. I'll have an attorney come up and, and ask me to help lay everything out. And usually one or the other spouse is is ending up as a client. Mm-hmm. And I like to try to tell people like, look, you know, Basically, by the letter of the law and just fairness, you're entitled to half of stuff, whatever that looks like. Stuff can be a pension. It can be a 401k. It can be a brokerage account. It could be a mountain cabin. It could be the primary residence. It's a car. Well, how do you divide a car? 
right? So you divide up dollar amounts of what's worth what. So when you put it all on paper and you say spouse one is entitled to 50% and that equals this number of dollars, spouse number two is entitled to the same thing, but your assets aren't laid out nice and pretty like that. Like one spouse's 401k is four times the size of the other one's. So the other one gets the house. So I, I don't usually try to tell people, you're going to be going into negotiations, right? Generally, you mm-hmm. have an attorney, they have an attorney, or you're going, you're going into arbitration, you're kind of horse trading, I'll take this if you take that. And I encourage people, try to get along to the extent that you can to not drag the process out. Because one, you drag the process out and who's winning? The lawyers. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> the legal fees are eating up your, what you're going to take home anyway. Mm-hmm. But but be open to the idea that it might be more advantageous for you to not require that spouse to split their 401k and set up a quadra, which is an extra expense. It might just be more advantageous for you to take the equity in the house and the taxable brokerage account. Or, it, you know, it's just so... You don't have to split up every single asset. You don't have to sell the car. You give me half of it. You give me half. Right. You keep the car. I'll take that. That you, kind of thing. The house. You give me the backyard and the garage. You can have the rest. Hmm. I don't know how that would no, work. No. <laughs> you used a phrase a second ago, quadro. That's an acronym for something, isn't it? I don't know. I it, can't remember. It is. It is called a qualified domestic relations order. So when people divorce... If you have an employer-sponsored plan, like you have a 401k, a 403b, or something like that, and we say, okay, spouse one is getting divorced, they have a million dollars in their 401k. Spouse two is entitled to half of that, which which is true. They're entitled to half of that, which effectively means you're entitled to $500,000. Well, do you want your $500,000? Do you want that split out of that 401k? Or is there a different $500,000 you could take and leave that one in place. If there's not, it's fine. Just know it is a separate document. Attorney charges extra for that. It takes longer. You go through the court. Judge says, okay, yes, it is legally going to split. So now that has to happen. So it can happen. Then two spouses end up with the 401k. Um, it just takes a lot longer. Does it like roll out like an IRA? No, you actually end up with a 401k. Really? Yeah. Oh. So spouse, spouse, let's say spouse one works at company A. Spouse B never worked at company A. Now they split it out. Spouse B now has a 401k from company A, even though they never worked there before. Wow. Interesting. And then they can do whatever they want with it. They then can they roll can it out roll to an out. IRA or whatever, but... No, it's a weird thing. It, it splits right into another 401k. The only thing they can't do since they don't work there is defer compensation and contribute. They can't contribute. <laughs> they can't take loans from it. It's oh, all those right. things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that was in the weeds, but that was interesting. Sorry. I thought, no, I liked it. I liked it. Um, other things with asset and debt issues that we were talking about. With asset and debt issues, we were just talking about uh, emergency fund a little bit Yeah. earlier before we, we got started. You got to make sure that you have your emergency fund together. When you're figuring out your finances and what your cash flow plan looks like, you should figure out what does your cash flow need look like for like three to six months. You know, old school Dave Ramsey emergency fund. I need three to six months of cash, not in more than a CD, put away to take care of emergencies. 
So that should be considered as part of your plan in your asset division. Like when I walk away, I'm going to need an emergency fund out of the gate. Yep, cash. Yeah. And when you say not more than a CD, you mean not riskier than- Not invested. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, good. How about some insurance planning issues that, that people would want to think about? A lot of times you've got spouses where one where one spouse is carrying the family potentially on their health insurance. Yep. Right? So when that's breaking up, if you're the spouse that is not going to be the one that's primary, you're not working there anymore. What are you going to do for health insurance? That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It, as it, we know, yeah. I personally very know very well. <laughs> yes, finding health insurance in the United States is one of the most frustrating things. Very expensive. In life, and it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's called a life event when you have a divorce. So a lot of people think like, oh, I can't do anything till open enrollment. And that's you know November through December, and that's not true. If you have a, a divorce, you can do that anytime. Um, for a lot of people, uh, if you have a job, um, you could consider – if you have the insurance, you could consider going to COBRA. If that's going to be different, that's typically really expensive. A lot of times it might be going to the marketplace, the good old Obamacare marketplace. That's right. And you and I were just talking before the show. We about were. Some, um, I have somebody, I'm not going to say it here publicly, but if you want to know, I love my health insurance advisor. She's, we've worked with her for two years. She's tremendous. Just email us at moneypig at goodwininvestment.com and we can send you a referral. But um, it's really good to have somebody who's creative and knows their business to help guide you in that kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the other thing to say, you don't pay extra for that. Well, there is a little fee. There's a fee for, yeah. for having that done? Uh-huh. For having we the had broker a broker on your side? Okay. Yep. But, yep. but that's transparent up front. You knew what you were Absolutely. doing. One-time fee, totally worth the education we got. Okay, yep. perfect. So there's health insurance, but there's also life insurance. So yeah. a couple things to think about. A lot of times um, people don't have their own life insurance, but they might be carried as a secondary on their spouse's policy. So spouse one works somewhere. They've got like maybe six times their annual salary as their life insurance benefit. And then they also have like one times their salary as the spouse's benefit. So you talk to the spouse and are like, do you have life insurance? Oh, yeah, that's through my spouse's work. Well, what happens when you and your spouse aren't spouses anymore? And now you have none, but you have small kids at home. You need some life insurance. What does that look like? So don't um, forget that, that that's something to look at. Yeah. Life insurance through employer is when people tell me they have that, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay. We don't really count that. Let's talk about an actual policy. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's the thinking that happens in my head. I mean, yeah. Okay. If it's your company and you can, <laughs> you have some life insurance plan through there, but I kind of tend to like your own in most, some cases, most cases, your own term life policy. If each spouse has their own, then there's never a question. That's fine, right? Yes, and that's portable. Yeah, exactly. You know, your group life that your your company's paying for is not portable. You don't, and you're not promised your job there. Anybody could not work there tomorrow, and now all of a sudden, what do I do? Oh, and now all of a sudden, I'm older than I was five years ago or 10 years ago when I could have bought this stuff cheap. So maybe I need to be thinking about that, about Good. getting your own life policy. So I'm not giving people terrible advice when You're, I tell no. them that. Okay. Absolutely. You're giving people very sage advice. <laughs> okay. Good. Wise one. Uh, um, the other thing that I was going to say is when you go through a divorce, be thinking about who is a beneficiary on a policy because that is actually a bargaining negotiation chip. You know, let's think about it. If you were your spouse's beneficiary on a $2 million term life insurance plan and that was your security 
going on, if something happened to that spouse, you were going to be taken care of. Now you're going to divorce and that spouse is going to be out of your life. What happens? So that's, I'm not saying how that ends. That's for the lawyers to decide. Right. Just know that that is a thing to be taken into consideration when you're negotiating assets and splitting up assets and who's going to do what. You know, Maybe it's such that spouse A doesn't get to change their beneficiary after divorce. Got it. Yeah, man. Okay, interesting. I would never have thought of that. So that's why we have this guy. That's, that's why we, have this, think that's about why we this. have this guy and we talk to people. That's <laughs> okay, right. Okay, good. Uh, what else? Was there anything else you marked down there that you wanted to hit? A lot of it comes into play with kids for me. Yeah. So depending on where you have children, you know, um, we talk about education planning, for instance, with people all the time. And I have people who like the baby is born and they're going, I need to start my 529 today. And then there are people who are coming to me and, hey, I have a high school senior and I haven't thought about college. How are, how are we going to pay for college? Hopefully you've thought about it a little bit, but be thinking about that going forward as well. So if you're going to negotiate what's happening with alimony, what's happening with child support, typically child support ends at 18. Guess what? That's when college kicks in. What's the plan there? What's going to happen for higher education? You know, is if you're the custodial parent, typically just because that child turns 18, right, we know they don't normally necessarily move out of your house at 18 and they're all of a sudden magically independent people, right? So what's what's going to happen for them? And you wouldn't want the custodial parent to say, oh, now I'm going to be on the hook for all higher education and everything else. Right. So have a plan for what happens beyond 18. And yeah. I just have that built into your decree. Right. That's uh, who's going to pay for college if if that's in college, the trade school, yeah, whatever, whatever it ends up looking like. Yeah. 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 Well, good, good. Not good, not fun, but real. Yeah. These things happen. So again, this guide is available on our website or um, you can text blog to six, six, eight, six, six. Joe, thanks for being here. And, you know, overall though, we hope that people in this situation would get counseling and everything survives and we live happily ever after. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And sometimes it's just not possible. So sometimes it's not. And you know, we were talking earlier, like if you can avoid divorce and still live a good life, that's for sure preferable. Right. So deciding to get a divorce being hasty is is never the right answer. But if you've come to the end of your rope and it can't, work, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless of who initiated the divorce, both suffer, both suffer emotionally. And I recommend people get counseling. I mean, we're, we, you know, we're, we're kind of financial counselors and we talk through money, but money's close to the heart. People share their heart with us all the time. Mm -hmm. But when this stuff is clouding your judgment, because it does, I always suggest you need to get counseling to take care of you. You need to get rest so that you can come and think objectively about these things so that when you're going forward that, you know, you're going to come out on the other side of this thing. You're going to come out of it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. You just, you just said it well as financial advisors, we manage and rebalance portfolios. I mean, that's what we do, right? Assets, but the unique values that we work to understand our clients, individual goals. So we can have these types of planning conversations that are so personal and unique to each individual. Thanks again for joining us, Joe. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay, next time, plan a fun one for me. Don't give them all to Ray. All the fun's coming to Joe (laughs) next time. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Thanks, Reed. 
The Money Pick Podcast is hosted by Reed Trigo, a financial advisor at Goodwin Investment Advisory. This podcast is intended to share information and perspectives, but should not be interpreted as legal, financial, or tax advice. The opinions shared by participants are not necessarily endorsed by the company. Goodwin Investment Advisory is regulated by the SEC, and the company operates in compliance with applicable securities, laws, and regulations.